Hi, welcome to the shallow dive on the Dafyomi. I hope you enjoy. Mishnah Taikim on the days. Hamotzi Ochlin, Pachos Mikashir, Bekli, Potter. Somebody takes out food less than the amount, the amount to be liable for Hutzah, for, transport, for transporting food from a private domain to a public domain is a kezayis, the volume of an olive. If somebody takes out less than that in a vessel. Now a vessel has an independent significance. Hashibas v'tnatsmo, it's a kli. Somebody takes out half an olive inside of a cup. The cup itself is enough to be liable. But the, the cup is being utilized for the transport of this half of an olive, so he's exempt, even though he's transferred a cup. But, but it's in the service of transferring this half of olive, so he's exempt. Why? It's subservient to the vet. The vessel is subservient to the olive, half an olive, and therefore he's exempt. Asachai. Bamita Potter. Somebody takes out a person who's alive on a bed, he's exempt. Af al Hamita. Even though the bed in of itself, if two if, well without getting into t- too complicated a case, let's say one person can transport the bed on, on his own. Right? So then he would be liable for that. Now that he's pulling the bed out with somebody on it, he's exempt. Very similar. Because the bed is subservient to the person, and if he would take out the person, he would be exempt. Let's see Rashi. As hachai b'mito, v'chai lo mechaiv al hotzalso. Person who is alive, somebody takes him out, transports him from the private domain to the public domain, he is exempt from violating the Shabbos. It's potter means it's not liable. Normally it means it's prohibited. So why is he not liable? Rashi says, Because he makes himself light and carries himself. Fascinating. What exactly does that mean? If he if he has the capacity to carry himself, so he he isn't actually over here carrying himself, but he apparently it seems can participate in partially lifting himself up. So he's holding himself up on the bed, or at least he can hold himself up. And therefore, you have an exemption for the person who's pulling him out on a bed. Even for the bed. But if somebody takes out a corpse on a bed, then he's liable. The corpse obviously is not high. It's not capable of lifting itself up. Dead weight, heaviest you could imagine. And 
the bad also is uh, is reason to be chayev. We'll get into this in the Gemara a bit. V'chein kezayis mehames. Similarly, taking out an olive's volume from a corpse. V'kezayis menavelo. And an olive's volume from a dead animal. And the volume of a lentil from a sheret, one of the shmona shrotzim, type of animals that the Torah enumerates transmit tumor. Chayev. All these cases, the person is liable. Rabbi Shimon Poter. And Rabbi Shimon exempts. Rabbi Shimon exempts. Let's see Rashi. And similarly, if somebody transports an vo- olive's volume from a corpse, by taking out from the home to the, the public domain the olive's volume of the corpse, he is liable because the olive's volume is a significant amount of dead body, the human being. Because what he's doing by removing that olive's volume of corpse is saving himself from tuma, tumas mace. From tumas mace. The, tra- the, the highest form of tuma can be transmitted from an olive's volume of that dead body, and by taking it out of the house, he is saving himself from contracting that tumor. He will not become impure from tumas ohel, from the tumor that is imparted from being in the same, under the same roof with that tumor, with that source of impurity. So he's done a significant act. It's, it's a significant amount of, of corpse. The Rabbi Shimon Poter, Rabbi Shimon exempts. Afilu b'meis shalim. Rabbi Shimon says, even if you take out the whole corpse, there's still no liability for violation of Shabbos. Davi malacha she'ena tzricha legufa. It is an act of hotzah. It is one of the 39 malachas to transport. He's taking something from the private domain to the public domain. So, the act is is the act of liability. However, here it's not tzricha lugufa. It's not needed for its sake. What does that mean? The Any malacha that is done not for the classic purpose, but rather he's just trying to remove it from him. He's not trying to take it out for to use it. He wants it over there. Or to, for it itself. He's not trying to do either of those things. He's trying to get it away from him. So, the birzono lo balo, and this is a, a fascinating point that Raji adds. Who needs it? The birzono lo balo, because by his will it didn't come to him. And he didn't need it. Therefore, it's not considered the classic act of creative activity that is for the purpose that the, the Torah deemed it 
uh, creative act that a person would be liable for on Shabbos. It wasn't being used in the classic manner as would be done in Shabbos uh, for, let's say, the building of the Mishkan. Building of the Mishkan, they took things out, transported from domain to move something into where they want it to be for, for usage. So here, he's, Rabbi Shimon says, by transporting the, the corpse, even a full corpse, let alone a kezayis, the full, full dead body, by taking it out of the home into the public domain, he's not actually doing the creative activity that the Torah viewed as malacha, because the Torah only makes a person liable for maleches machsheves, for an act that is purposed, that is geared towards a similar constructive purpose that the Torah deemed that act liable for. So it, it has to be a similar purpose. And it's not a similar purpose. Now, why Rashi adds in this extra clause, Dibiratsono lo balo, lo hayatsarachla, I understand lo hayatsarachla. could say that he's not using it for anything. But who cares that it didn't come to him willingly? What if it did come to him willingly? What if he... Uh, he decided he wants to be Masha Ruach Tumal. He's trying to become a sorcerer and he wants to, instead of hanging out in the, uh, in the graveyard, he's more comfortable bringing the corpse to him. F find a case. He wants it to be by him. And then he's had enough. Maybe he's done Chuba. He wants to put the dead body back. So he wanted it. Well, what does it matter? Now that he's taking it out and he doesn't want it by him anymore, that should be enough. Why does Rashi say, why is it relevant? At this point, he wants it out of the house. He wants it not here. That should be enough. That it should be and Potter, corner So I I don't know. I don't have a shot. I don't know why Rashi is stipulating that as as significant. How it got there, I don't know why that matters, according to Rashi. Somehow does. Sarah Because we, we should also understand, according to Rabbi Yehuda, Rabbi Yehuda says he does not require even if it's not for the same purpose as was used in the Mishkan. Rabbi Yehuda doesn't, doesn't argue with this point about what his intent is. He says, yes, he's trying to get out of the house, but it is the same act. It's enough to be liable. It's a huge clash in Shabbos, whether this is Chayv or Potter. Rover Shonim say that we pass can like Rabbi Shimon. Malach Hashem Etzrich Lugufa is Potter. And the Rambam says Chayv. The Rambam is unique in this stringency. And even the Rambam says the Rif also holds. Malach Hashem Etzrich Lugufa is Potter like Rabbi Shimon. The Ramam is unique, and he says that we passing like Rabbi Yehuda. And therefore, the halacha, we generally treat Malacha Gufa as the most stringent rabbinic prohibition. Because there is Shitas Raman that is Daraisa. Raman passing like Rabbi Yehuda. So that's that's the general in Derech Absak. It's the, the standard way of approaching it. Akhlopanim. Going back to Kazayas Minamais, 
how does that how does the, the tumor of mace being a kezayis uh, square away with Hilchus Tuma. The Rambam says in Hilchus Tumas Meis Perak Beis, Alachates. Repochus Mirova Afilu Etzem Kisa Erem Etzama B'Magav Maso Ve'Enam Etzama B'Or. The Rambam says, if you have different various amounts of dead body, so you can have a, a status that that part transmits tumah, the ritual impurity of tumah's mates, the most potent form of impurity, avyavosa tumah, and it, it breaks down into, into two. There's a tumah that's transmitted through maga umasa, that means the tumah can be transmitted through touching or lifting. For example, if somebody takes a bone that is the size of a barley grain. Etzem kisa'era. So if they lift it up, or if they touch it, they would become impure. However, it will not transmit impurity in the tent. So just being in the same, under the same roof as that bone, tiny bone, the size of a barley kernel, that's not going to transmit impurity. He has to touch it, or lifted. So we find this interesting differentiation. In order to become tummy, in order to become impure from Tumas Ohel, you need a Kezayas. There must be a Kezayas of Basar. But to become tummy of Tumas Magomaso, the lower level of Tuma just transmitted through touching or, or lifting, that is imparted even from a, a barley-sized grain of, of bone from the corpse. What is the halacha of etzim kisaira? If somebody takes out the bone of a corpse from their, their home into the public domain, are they liable or not? So the shear is the, the share of a kizayis, of olives volume. Both are significant for Tumah. Right, the, let's, let's look at the Hemshech of the Mishnah. Right, we have... Meaning, before we do that, we could think of a Svara. Rashi says that he's saving himself from Tumah when he takes it out of his house. Well, the, the greatest saving himself from Tumah is from Tumas Ohel. Right? That's a significant savings because anywhere in that tent, in, in his home, under the same roof, if it's the olives volume of the, of the corpse, he will become impure. Whereas if it's just the, the impurity that is contracted through touching or lifting, that is not as pervasive. And yes, he, taking it out of the house is avoiding that possibility of touching it or lifting it, but we could conceive of the idea that that's not as significant. However, we have to look at the, the continuation of the Mishnah. It says also, by an Avelo and by a Sheretz. By an Avelo and a Sheretz, the, the level of Tuma that's contracted is according to their Shi'urim as well, for transmitting Tuma. 
neither of them transmit tuma of Tumas Ohel. And yet, we say that's a significant transfer of Tuma. And a significant, significant gain, if you will, according to Yehuda. He's doing something significant because it can transmit Tuma by touching or lifting, even without Ohel. The Ramam says, in Shara Vasatuma Perikrivi, in the beginning, The share it says Av Avasatoma. The Tama of the Mikalim Bimago. They transmit Tuma by touching. The Mitama Bimasa does not transmit Tuma. Tuma's share is not transmitted by lifting, only by touching. Vanugeabo Enamatama Bigoda Mishas Mago. Bishir Tumaso Kadosha. Vehola Shotamitsar from Kadosha. All eight. Um, creepy creatures that are enumerated in the Torah add together. If you have a, a cocktail, a mix of each of them, that all adds up together to the volume of an adosha, of a, of a lentil, it all adds together to be metame, tumus mago, by touching. The cases of our Mishnah. The amount of them necessary to transmit impurity, that is the volume necessary to be liable for Hotza, for, trans- for transferring from one domain to another. Unavela kezais, Besheretz kadasha. Corpse and an animal that, that died, not through Shechita. Both of them are the Shir of a kezais and a Sheretz. This creepy creature is kadasha, like the lentil, volume of a lentil. So the Raman does paskin this. Not surprising, as we said, the Raman paskins like Rabbi Yehuda. Rabbi Shimon says, He's exempt altogether because it's Malach Hashem Yitzchich Lagufa. Ramam is passing like Rabbi Yehuda, though. And in terms of the amounts, I don't know. Perhaps the Ramam would say that that you need the maximum tuma of each type, the maximum type of tuma that would be transmitted from a mace includes ohel, so it needs to be a kezayas. Or perhaps he's, uh, perhaps he would say, no, even Kadasha, if you have a bone, like the volume of, uh, of a lentil, that would be enough. I don't know. I'm not sure. The Ramam does seem slightly verbose. He does say two, th- two things. He says, Hameis vanavela vashet kishir tumosan kashir hotsasan. The volume for their transmission of tuma is, is their similar to their volume for transmitting them from one location to another on Shabbos. Why does he need to say that? He could just say, Mace Nevela Kazayas Sheretz Kadosha as a shear. I don't know. Not sure. I don't have a raya one way or the other. 
Akoponim, that's uh, according to Shitzah Shabiuda and the Raman. So no, if if the mace transmitting a, a kadosha of bone uh, from a corpse, is that liable or not? I don't know, according to Rebiuda. Let's take a look. Gemara. Tanur Amotzi Ochlin Kishir. Somebody takes out food at the volume. Imba Kli. Chayev. Al Ochlin. Patel Kli. So he takes out an olive. Or maybe maybe bigger than an olive. Because he's not going to eat the uh, the pit. So he takes out something a little larger than an olive. The sheer, the volume, includes the pit. That's not really food. So he takes out maybe a, a jumbo jumbo olive. So it, it has the sheer of a kezayis, let's say. He's, he's liable for taking out the food. And he's exempt for taking out the vessel. Rashi says, Potter The vessel is subservient to the food. If he needs the vessel, he's taking out this vessel for some other need. So he's he's not just taking it to be subservient to the food, but he's got plans for it. He's going to take his olive and his cup, and his plan is to go to the water fountain and get, get some water, something like that. Go to the wherever he's going to get his, his drink from. So he needs the cup. He'll be chayv even for the vessel. Chayv. Each one, both the food, it's a significant amount of food, trans, transmitting it, transforming it, uh, transporting it from one domain to the other. And for the vessel, So the Gemara proposes that we extrapolate from this that if somebody takes two olive volumes of chalev, forbidden fat, pulls them off the barbecue and gulps them down and then he realizes uh oh those were forbidden fats so he's liable twice that's the the idea we're suggesting just like we said before that he's liable for both the olive and the cup so you have two chataos going on two sin offerings he forgot it was Shabbos or he forgot that it was that one of the malachas is hotzah He's liable twice. So too, say that for forgetting that Chalev is Aser, he's liable twice for two separate olive volumes in the same forgetting. Amar says, Hacha kegon sheshogag ala So says, that's not really a strong proof. We can differentiate. Say that really, he'll be exempt from two sin offerings in the case of the chalev, the for eating the forbidden fats. What does it mean over here that he's liable twice? We say he was shogig on the ochlin. It was an accident taking out that olive. But he intentionally took out the kli. 
there's was carelessness about the olive, but he was and knew what he was doing with the vessel, that cup. And Rashi says, Umai Chayev Diktani Misa. What does it say? He's Chayev for taking out the vessel? Chayev Misa is liable to the death penalty. Maski Flor of Ashi. Vaho Af Ala Klik Tani. Hey, let's look what it says. Even for the vessel, he's liable. So even for the vessel doesn't sound like it's totally unrelated to the first liability. He was inadvertently sitting with this and with that, and then it became known to him. And then he found out about the other one. So he, he had two separate revelations. Let's see, Rashi. What is the Ha'afktani? Mashma Shnei Chiyuvin Shavin. Does not sound like the two liabilities are one for a sin offering and the other one for the death penalty. Skilo. So what is the what are we talking about? Two liabilities? Plugsa Drabi Yochanan Rishlokish. Deafilubi Adias Machlokes. Even when they found out in stages, Gemara earlier, Ayan Alpha and Bez, Evlugnami, Rosheshis Ravashi. There's also debated earlier, Rosheshis and Ravashi. Rosheshis is a low muki, low hachik, sova de any dias mechalkos. Viravashi is sova dias mechalkos. That's what they're, they're debating along lines of Rabbi Yochan Rishlokish. Do you say that finding out at different stages about the, the cup and then finding out about the, the olive is, is not called Helam Echad? It's two separate findings and he will be liable twice or not. So, so that's the, uh, the suggestion. He'll be liable if, it's, if his finding out about the sin is broken up into two steps. So it'll break up the liabilities and he will be liable twice. Or not? It's a machlokas. Let's see Tosos. Back to Gimel on the base of the bottom. Sheshogak ala ochen v'hizit ala kli. That was Rav Sheshis' suggestion. V'chayev ala kli, hainu skilo. Kapirish Rashi. That's what Rashi says. The liability for the vessel is the death penalty. V'rabbeinu shmuel kashalo. Luk mi b'raisa b'chiv skilo. Rabbeinu Shmuel is not happy about that. He says, he doesn't think that the interpretation of the Brisa lends itself to be understood as a chiv skila, liability for stoning. We're talking about chatos. We're talking about a sin offering. And he changes the text. That he was inadvertently taking out the the vessel, but he was intentionally taking out the food. Below his and he was not warned. Deleka beochlin loskila velochatos, for the food, he will not be liable neither for skila nor for chatos. and for the vessel, he'll be liable to a chatos. Right, he's he's not going to be liable 
he's, he's too guilty concerning the the food. It says, uh, He intentionally took out the food. So he's not going to bring a sin offering for that because it's too much. He only brings a sin offering for an inadvertent sin. He meant to take that out. So he's not going to be eligible to get atonement through the sin offering with that. And for the kli, for the vessel, he'll be chayv chatos. And he changes the gears up. Ve'en near the ri. So we have Rashi, as we saw, and Rabbeinu Shmuel, Rashban, and the ri now rejects both of them. And near the ri, lo pirish kontras, lo pirish Rashban. The kishehizid be'echad eno chayv chatos. Al hasheni sheshogabo. When he intentionally is, is violating one, meaning in the case of Rajban, he's intentionally taking out the food, he's not going to be liable for a sin offering, even on the other one that was inadvertent, because he's not Shavmediyoso. He's not coming back from his intent. Since he intentionally took out one. So if somebody is intentionally doing a sin, or would intentionally do a sin, but happens to be unintentional, we call that Eino Shav Mediyoso. He's not coming back because of his knowledge. Meaning, had he known, he wouldn't have stopped it. So then he's not eligible for a carbon. It has to be that his knowledge that he was doing this would have held him back. But if he wouldn't have held back, even had he known, he's not eligible for the sin offering even when he did it inadvertently. It has to be that his not knowing was, was causative in the, in the actual sin. But if he would have done it anyway, the fact that he doesn't know is not enough to exempt him. Uh, to, or I should say, to, to make it not as serious of an offense and yes, be liable to a sin offering. Now that we're talking about where he intentionally took out the vessel. So what does the re say? We're not talking about chatos at all. We're talking all together about skila, both for the, the, the olive, large olive, and the cup. Both, we're talking about liability for intentionally sinning with skila, death penalty. If he takes the the olive and the cup intentionally, he will be liable for skila for the food. Kegon in a case of Shehisrubo Alaochlin. He was warned before he took it out. Don't take that olive out. You know it's one of the thirty-nine malachas, liable on Shabbos. Upatra alakli, and he's exempt for liability for taking out the vessel. Imhisrubo Mishum Kli. Mishum Kli. If he was warned for the vessel, then he'll be liable for the vessel. We might The other way. And he is exempt. Let's say that he doesn't need the vessel. He just is trying to hold his olive in the in the cup. He doesn't need it for anything else. And the guy sees him taking out a cup. He says, Don't take that cup out. It's one of the 39 malachas. Transport. And he says, I'm asking Anios, and he takes it out. He will be exempt on the technicality that 
he's not actually liable for taking out that cup. Because the cup is subservient to the olive. It's only being brought out for the olive. He would be liable if he was warned about taking out the olive. The guy didn't see an olive, he saw a cup. So he warned him about the cup, but he's actually not liable for the cup, so he gets off the hook. But he is liable for the olive. No, he wasn't warned for the olive. In that case, uh. he wasn't warned for the olive. He's only warned for the cup. And if he did need the vessel, so even though he's taking out the olive and the vessel, he will be liable for the vessel, even if he was warned just for the vessel. He implies that he will be liable twice, meaning that, that in that case, he, I mean, not that it makes such a big difference, right? he can only get killed once, but that the hasra for the vessel would, would be uh, doubly effective, both for the vessel itself, when he needs the vessel, and as, as carrying the, the olive, uh, but according to the Ri, we're talking about the Chiv of Skila, nothing to do with Chathas altogether. The three opinions over here, right? Rashi says Chathas, and skila chatos for the food and skila on the on the vessel. Ben Shmuel changes the Rishbam changes the girsa. Right, and we have the re switching over to to everything talking about skila. Right, the, the Rishbam Rishbam says it's all talking about chatos. He doesn't want anything to do with skila. So we have three different ways of of uh, understanding over here. Rabbi Kivayger is mitzayin. Tosa <laughs> Why in the Gemara over here in Sochim, why do we say that there's an exemption from being liable to a sin offering, uh, or not a sin offering, but an actual asham, uh, a guilt offering for me'ilo, for embezzlement of sacred funds? Mishom, the Kim Levit Rabbi Nechonia holds that there's a halach of Kim Levit Rabbi meaning that the more severe punishment subsumes liability of a lower degree in a case of Chiyav Karis. Uh, Rabbanan disagree, they say it needs to be a Chiyav Misa, liability to the death penalty, not an actual death penalty uh, uh, liability, but the potential of death penalty liability will subsume a lower level of liability. So why, don't, why doesn't Rabbi Nechonia Say over here, he's he's saying Kim the The question is, are Gemara and Shabbos? Shabbos Tosas over here is learning like Rashi, by the way, that the interpretation is that he's liable for taking out the vessel for skila. 
So, in theory, you have the, the maximum punishment, and yet that doesn't preclude liability for chatos. Here's it, uh, and the shogun and the ochlem, he's still going to be chayav chatos. So why don't we say in this one act of taking out the food and the vessel, one intentional, one inadvertent, say that the fact that there's a liability, the maximum type of, of a death penalty potentially, that should prevent the liability for the sin offering. Why don't we, why don't, from the fact that we don't say that, that should undermine what we're saying over here? That's the question. Alma Kimla Rabbeinu lo pater mikarbon. It seems to indicate that Kimla Rabbeinu, this concept, that the more severe punishment subsumes and exempts any smaller degree of liability. Vetiritz. Kiva le pater mikarbon, mikaren vechomesh, paternami mikarbon. So Tosa doesn't answer that over here, by Me'ilo, he's exempt from Karen Vechomesh, which is the monetary payment for Me'ilo. So then he also gets exempted from the carbon Me'ilo. That the, the carbon follows the monetary fine. And when there's an exemption on the money, there's an exemption on the, the offering. So that's, he views the, the money as being the, the cause of the carbon. And the liability for the money is exempted by Kimlet Bidr and therefore there's no carbon Me'ila. However, in our case, there is no Kimlet Bidr Even though he has to spend money to bring a carbon, that's, that's not uh, fundamental to the carbon. If he got it from Hefker, it's perfectly fine. It just has to be his. There's no financial liability per se. So it's not exempted from the, by the larger liability of being potentially a death penalty case. That does not exempt him from the carbon. Continuing in the Gemara. Esachai b'mita poter af al hamita. He takes out a living being on the bed. He's exempt even for taking out the bed. Transferring it from one domain to the other. Let us suggest that the author of our Mishnah is Rabbi Nosan. Vilo Rabbana. Did Tanya. We have a price. It says, Somebody transports various types of creatures, non human creatures, to the public domain. Whether they are alive or slaughtered, he is liable. Rabbi Nosan Omer ala shchutin chayev. Rabbi Nosan disagrees. He says if they've been slaughtered, he is liable. However, al chayin poter. If they are alive, he is exempt. Shehachai no says atmo. Rabbi Nosan says that the living being carries itself. He's talking about animals here. Behema chayev oof. And therefore, he's disagreeing with the chachamim, with the, the rabbanon. So what does our Mishnah hold? Our Mishnah that says, Esachai b'mita poter af alamita. Let us suggest that that is Rabbi Nosan, because Rabbi Nosan is the one who says Chai says atzma. So Rava says no. Amar Rava filu teima rabbanan. 
We could even suggest that the Mishnah is in accordance with Rabbanon. Ad kano pligi Rabbanon leid Rabbinoson, elu Until this point, meaning the, 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 the narrow range of debate between Rabbanon and Rabbinoson is by behemachayi ve'ov. Why? Demishavati nafshayi. Rashi explained, Mishant klape mato. They they slink down. Mechabinasma make themselves heavy. The creature is not interested in being carried, so it's trying to escape to to hunker down, and therefore it's equal to dead weight. You don't say chaynoses atzmo. Aval olam chaynoses atzmo. But a person who does carry himself, so he has the, the exemption of Chaynoses Atzma. Even the Rabbana would agree to that. That's what Rabbah says. That the, the debate between Rabbi Nelson and Rabbana is by an animal that's trying to, to slink away, to hunker down. Not does not want to be carried. It's not carrying itself. It's, so... So that's where we have the debate. So now we could say that the Rabbanon are authoring the Mishnah. Question against Rava. We have a Mishnah. Ben Beseira Matir Besus. And Varazara Dalarmebez. Ben Beseira permits by Sus. What are we talking about? Let's see, Rashi, Mati Besos, He permits selling a horse to a non-Jew. What is a sus used for? What do people use horses for? To ride on. And if a person uses it to ride on, he's anyway not liable to a sin offering. Because the person carries himself, and therefore the requirement of Shvisas Behemtacha, to have your animals resting on Shabbos, is not actually being violated. The biblical requirement is not being violated. If the, if the horse is working by carrying him, because he's carrying himself, why is it prohibited to sell? A large animal to a non-Jew, mishum she'elo mishum schirus, also. It's it's prohibited to lend it out and rent it out to a non-Jew, lest your animal be working on Shabbos. So there's a a prohibition that extends to selling it. V'sus inami demashil moger lavisur daraisa ika she'enzu malacha, but by a horse. There's, it's not included in the prohibition, according to Ben Becerra, of selling, because even if he would rent it out or lend it, and the, the non-Jew ride it on Shabbos, worst case scenario, still it's not that his horse is working on Shabbos. It's not, Take a look at the Mishnah. Let's see if it's Mishnah. Mokom shenogolim kabehem adako lo vdekachavim mochrin. 
There's a machlokis about behemadako. Depends on the minig. What's the custom by a small animal to sell to an Anjou? But, Everywhere it's prohibited to sell non-Jews, large animals, golem, seyachim, shleimin, shvurim, different types of animals, whatever state their health is. Rabbi Yehuda's matter b'shvur, he says, if it's not capable of bearing a burden, Rabbi Yehuda permits that. B'meseira matir b'sus. B'meseira says, by a horse it's permitted. She'en malachto el ruchiva, says Rashi. Ruchiva shvusi. V'lav malachom, v'shem d'chai no says atzmo. V'lo ich b'slon, i'osi l'ashil u'lasira. Because Chaino says Atzmon, the, the purpose of using the primary work that a horse does is not classic Malacha, because a person is riding it. So therefore, you're allowed to, to sell a horse to a non-Jew, according to Ben Becerra. How does the Raman Paskin? The Raman Paskin's the Mishnah. Perk Chof, Halochei, and Hilchus Shabbos. Mokum shenogu limkar lehen behemadaka mochrin. Mokum shenogu shelo limkar ein mochrin. Behemadaka, a smaller animal, is optional depending on the minig. which is controversial. Many Rishonim do not permit sirsir. Shulchan Aruch does permit it. The Bach says those that follow Tosfos and other Ashkenazi poskim should not rely on Shulchan Aruch in this matter. The Rama basically follows the Mishnah. The tour quotes it as well, it says Shulchan Aruch, and they both say, Lamaisa, nowadays we don't do this, Lahalacha. Says the tour, Kufnan Aleph, in your day, Aval Ha'idna, Shema'at Yehudim, Dorim Bamakam Echad, nowadays that few Jews live in the same place, and if you don't sell your animals to non Jews, you're going to have a financial loss. Sorry, it's permitted. So we have this Isser Zerabon, this rabbinic prohibition of selling the large animals to non-Jews, being upended in a case where there's financial loss, the rabbis did not make this decree. And it's only in a place where there's enough critical mass of Jewish community that Jews are able to sell one to another without a financial loss. And in such a circumstance, they don't want you selling to non-Jews because then you're going to come to lend, rent, and you're going to have your animals working on Shabbos. That's the concern. Wow, so this is major news. Where is this coming from? As I said, Shulchan Aruch says the same thing. So the Rosh says that he's coming from a Yerushalmi. What's Yerushalmi say? About Azara, Aleph Tess, it says, Rabbi Simon had vineyards planted in Har HaMelech. Shal, the Rabbi Yochanan, and he asked Rabbi Yochanan, he wants to rent out these vineyards, is he allowed to or not to non-Jews? He says, no, take the loss, you're in the land of Israel, there's a prohibition, you're not allowed to, let, to give them, uh, to, to give idolaters place in Eretz Yisrael, in the land of Israel. 
even to rent him out a field. That's included in the prohibition. Shal, Rabbi Yeshua, okay, Rabbi Simon asked the same question to Rabbi Yeshua. Not sure why he was shopping over here. Is it permitted to rent out these vineyards to a non-Jew? And Rabbi Yeshua permitted it to Rabbi Simon. He says, in a place where there are not a lot of Jews, like Har HaMelech, it has the same halacha as in Surya. In Surya, which is status of Eretz Yisrael Midrabanon, it is permitted to rent them fields. It's not included in the prohibition. So here the Rosh says is a prototype for this halacha, just like the prohibition of Losachanim, restricting the ability to rent out a field in the land of Israel, is relaxed in a context where there is going to be a financial loss if one doesn't do so, because there aren't a lot of Jews. That's how uh, Rabbi Yeshua says against Rabbi Yohanan, says the Rosh, who did in our case? In our case also, for the prohibition of selling the animals to the non-Jews, that would be permitted when there are not many, non- many Jews around. And so, according to, to this Limud, it should come out Akula, right? Akula and Shulchan Aruch. And Shulchan Aruch brings this halacha a little bit further in the same as Simon Kufnan Aleph. It says, Sifches, not allowed to rent out fields to them. In Surya, it's more more uh, permitted. You're allowed to rent out homes and fields. And the Chutzlars are allowed to sell everything. Houses, fields. So this is not going to be a blanket statement across the board. Even though Shulchan Aruch doesn't speak at this leniency, as much as he's paskening, no go heter bakol nowadays. So in a case where in the land of Israel there are not many Jews around, Rabbi Yeshua says that we treat it like Surya in order that there not be a hefsid, a financial loss, and permit renting out the fields in those sparsely populated areas where there are not a lot of Jews in the land of Israel itself. As much as we say that, for our case, which is not that halacha, there's no case explicitly saying that way in the Talmud that for selling Behemagasa it's permitted when there's going to be financial loss. The Rush says it's like the case of renting out a field, a vineyard, in the land of Israel when there are not many Jews around. So certainly in that case itself, if we're relying on this leniency, we rely on it, rely on it as well regarding renting out a field in Eretz Yisrael. Nowadays, you have to know, when you have a lot of Jews in Israel, uh, presumably the Isser should be in effect. Meaning, the Achshav Nogu Heter Bakol, the re- rationale for that Heter is, at least according to the Rush, no longer relevant predominantly when you have so many Jews living in Israel. So if a Jew in Israel has many Jews to sell his large animals to, so the, the Heter should not be in effect. Unless you go, like the Shonim that say, it depends on uh, the working of the animal through cult. But if, if you're uh, presumed to have uh, 
good command of the animal, and we do not. Okay, that's another hetter brought in Roshonim to say that it's less of a concern of, of uh, this Isser. But according to the Rush, that's not the, the operative factor. And if in a place in Israel where there are many Jews, that there's effectively a market, so the Isser would be in effect, presumably. Okay, so let's get back to here. This is a question of what Rava said. Rava said, suggest our Mishnah is Rabbanon. And now Rav Ad is asking a question. We have this Mishnah in Avarazara, Ben Besera Matir Besus. Vitanya, and there's a that says, Ben Besera Matir Besus, Mipneshu Oseba Malacha, Shein Chaylovanov Chatos. Because it does a Malacha that he's not liable for Chatos. So far, so good, no cash. And now we're getting the cash of Amr Rabbi Yochanan, Ben Besera Verbi Nason, Amr Dover Echot. Rabbi Yochanan is making us trouble. Rabbi Yochanan says that Ben Besera, who says you are allowed, he has an exemption, even though you can't sell large animals to non-Jews, lest the animal come to be, while it's yours, still uh, end up working on Shabbos. By horse, that's not the case, because it's never going to come to the Daraisa. Rabbi Yochanan says Ben Besera and Rabbi Nason said the same thing. V'i amrit and if you suggest, as we just did, what Rava said, that the gap between Rabbi Nason and the Chacham and the Rabbanon is only by by various animals, but by people, even the Rabbanon agree that Chai nose esatmo. So then, what's the problem? Because the animal slinks down, that's where the Rabbanon say that there's a liability, and Rabbi Nassim says he's exempt nonetheless, even though the animal is slinking down because of Chai Noses Atmo. Why do we say that, why does Rabbi Yochanan say that Ben Becerra and Rabbi Nassim are saying the same thing? For riding a horse, a person is Chai Noses Atmo even according to Rabbana. So why is Rabbi Yochanan limiting the leniency of Ben Becerra Tashitas Rabbi Nasan. According to Rava, it's not very good. According to Rava, Rabbi Yochanan should never have said that. Rabbi Yochanan should have said, even Rabbanan agree with Ben Becerra. It's not limited to Rabbi Nasan. Ma'ir Ben Becerra. Rabbi Nasan. Rabbanan modu. So Rava will give an answer. Ki amar Rabbi Yochanan besus hamyuchid la'ofos. What was Rabbi Yochanan talking about? A horse that's used specifically to carry birds. Ah, and birds is where there's a machlokas between Rabbi Nasan and Rabbanon. And therefore, that's where Rabbi Yochanan said that Ben Becerra happened to be of the opinion of Rabbi Nasan. Now the Gemara is, hears it but isn't quite sure what to make of this. Is there a horse? that is used specifically to carry birds. Right? And, and as Tosos points out, we can't be talking about carrying birds that are captured. Uh, as we see in the Hemshech, Rabbi Nassim agrees, Bikafos, right? So he agrees if, the, if, it's, if it's bound, that that's not included in Chaino Ses Atzmo. Even Rabbi Nassim agrees to that. So what could be the case? Gemara says... There is a case in Ika Debe 
Ziyadin, or the different Gersos, the Aruch, Ziyadin, the Biziyadin. What type of horse that carries this bird are we talking about? Rashi says, Sheltzayade Ophos. We're talking about birds that are used for capturing, like falcons, falconry. Shenosna Alasus, Ophos, Kishen Chayin. The birds get to rest on the horse while they're trotting out to, to gauge, engage in the hunt. And these birds are sitting and not slinking down. They're comfortably sitting on the horse. And according to Rabbanon, you do not say by an animal. And according to Rabbi Nason, you do say by an animal, even if it's slinking down. In this case, they're not slinking down. This is the case. So, you have a horse, and there's a non-Jew who's in falconry, and he says, hey, you want to sell your horse? And say, I'm looking to sell my horse. Yes. What do you want it for? I want it for falconry. I want my, my uh, falcons to rest on the horse to reserve its energy till we go out to the hunt. It's a long drive, long trot. Oh, I can't sell it to you according to Rabbana. But according to Ben Becerra, he could sell it. Why? Because Ben Becerra happens to agree with Rabbi Nosson, who says, Chay Nosses Atzmo is potter, even by Behemachai Ba'ov. And therefore, when Ben Becerra permitted selling a horse, it's even selling a horse in the case where the animal is being carried by this, this beast of burden, the horse, and there... He, he says it's still not liable, and therefore you could sell it. That is what Rabbi Yochanan was saying. Amar Rabbi Yochanan, Umode Rabbi Noson Bikafus. Even Rabbi Noson agrees in a case of Kafus, if the animal, even the animal, is bound, that it would be a burden and liable. We would not say Chaino by bound animal. So, just to understand, Shitas. Rabbi Nasan, he says, Chai no Atzmo is a generalized principle, whether it be a man or an animal. Exemption being an animal that is bound, of course a person that would be bound as well. However, if it's not bound, but just is slinking down, hunkering down, not wanting to be carried, that does not take away the fact that it's lifting itself. It's still called Chai no Atzmo, according to Rabbi Nasan. And the Chachamim disagree. They say, no, that is not Chainosis Atzmo. And they agree Chainosis Atzmo by a person. What's a little bit obscure is what about a case where an animal is lifting itself? Right? Will they say Chainosis Atzmo? It's not explicit. But based on what we're saying, in this case, extrapolating from Rabbi Yochanan's statement, we can have an answer. Right? Rabbi Yochanan said that the horse that is, ha, has the birds standing perched tall on the back, not hunkering down, the Rabbanon would say that he's chayv. Right? So that's, that's what Rabbi Yochanan is saying. Rabbanon limit chayno says atzmo to, to people. They would not say that an animal that is not slinking down uh, is any different than an animal that is slinking down. The, the, according to the Rabbanon, he'll be liable either way. The 
only saying kainosis hasmo by people when they're not bound. That's that's uh, what's what's implicit from from this case, from the, from the uh, the discussion over here. Okay, just to finish up a little bit on the discussion on the Gemara. Amalir of Ado bar Masno le Abaye, veho hani parsoi de command de kafisi damo. He says that we don't find a restriction on which type of non Jews you're allowed to sell your horse to, but we do have these Persian horsemen that are weighed down in their armor, and it's as though they're bound. They don't, they don't move too much. Once they get on the horse, they just stay put. And therefore, you should not be allowed to sell your horse to a Persian horseman. So, Kasha. Meaning that even, even Rabbi Nassim agrees that Kafus is liable, if he's bound, is liable. So, even though he's more lenient by animals, but he agrees even by animals, and if certainly <clears throat> he agrees across the board people as well, there should be a liability if he's bound. So why can you sell to this Persian horseman? Gemara answers, Hasam Ramos Ruchahu, Dinakitlu. There, it's, it's his haughty spirit that makes him look like he's bound. It's not that he can't move. He's acting like he can't move. So he's, he's too heavily weighed down by the armor, but not that he really can't move. And the Gemara brings a, a story to prove it. There was a, a horseman that the king got angry at him. And he ran by foot, three parsi, uh, and, and the, you see that they, they can go, even when they're in, in all of their uh, armor, they can go by foot. They can walk. They just act like they can't walk once they get on the horse, but it's not that they're actually considered bound. That's just their, uh, their culture, their stults. They go around as though they're so heavily weighed down by the armor that they can't move. So therefore, there's no differentiation. You could sell it to the Persian rider. And uh, even Rabbi Nasan uh, is, is not going to, who agrees, Kafus, is that if one is bound, is held to a liability, he agrees. And Rabbi Maseira does not need to exclude that case. So you, you could sell it to this Persian uh, horseman. Let's see, Rashi. Right, Rabbi Nelson agrees across the board. Kafus, bound, is liable. Command So these Persian horsemen, it's as though they're bound. Okay, 
סבא קרפוס נעשה את עצמו. רמוס רוחו גסוס. הדלו מסגו בקראיו גססו. That which he goes about as though he's bound is just, that's the style. But he's not actually bound. So that's, that's not really part of the debate. Really, everybody would agree to that. Let's see Tosos. Shachai nose es atzmo. Shtemo liri. Loma pater. The Ri does not understand why should he be exempt. The Imishum Shachai Mekel Atzmo, Shri Sarashi say in the Mishnah, Rashi says, Esachai Bemito, Bachai Lo Mechai Al Hotza also, Duhum Mekel Atzmo, Vinose Atzmo. He makes himself light, carries himself. Valoa Filu Masa Kalyoser Chayef. He says, Hey, even though he's making himself light and he's lifting himself up, who cares? Even for a lighter burden, just a large olive, he'll be liable. So he's doing plenty of schlepping. And if you want to say the exemption is shnaim shasua, there's an exemption if two people do something together, so then you, you can be exempted from liability. You still won't have an exemption because... One can do it and one cannot do it. The person who's being carried on the, on the bed can't carry himself and the bed. So therefore, it's not But the person who is carrying the, the person on the bed, that person could carry, he's strong enough and he could carry the person even if the person died. So Tosos does not understand why he should be exempt. It should not be a classic case of, chainose, uh, of, of uh, exemption of Shnaim Shasua, that's Peturim, not a classic case of two that do a malacha and neither are liable. The guy who's carrying uh, is the only one who can do it. So, we learn out from Mishkan. In the Mishkan, they did not carry things that were alive. They would walk by themselves. They have these tachoshims, mysterious, multicolored creatures, beautiful skins, and these rams. They would go by themselves. They would walk. Ah, uh, maybe they carry chilozon. No. As soon as they caught the chilozon, they'd quickly kill it before it would die on its own. The color of the dye taken from the blood is more pure and clear if it's still alive. So they would kill it right after fishing and, and catching it. They would kill it immediately. So, so therefore, it's not chai. They're not carrying it chai. 
So he's saying he didn't have in the Mishkan carrying a live animal. That's what Tosa says. Saying, what is the p'tur of Chai Noses Atzmo? The basic p'tur is, it's not a malacha that was done in the Mishkan. The Aruch HaShulchan says, in Simen Shin Aleph, Sif Chavzayin, Hamotzi Adam Chai Potter. The Chai Noses Atzmo. Somebody takes out, carries a person from private domain to public domain, or the other way, he is exempt from liability because Chai Noses Atzmo, the living person carries himself. It's not because he's lighter. That's what Tosus pointed out. It's even on a lower weight of a burden, there's eligibility to be liable. In the Mishkan, they didn't carry people. That's, that's what Tosus says. They did not carry people in the Mishkan. Okay. Of course, we find many malachas that are not exactly like what was done in the Mishkan. We do draw comparisons and expand the culpability for things that are like the Mishkan. Since carrying a person who can lift themselves is fundamentally different from other burdens, normally when you carry something, you carry it in its entirety. But a person is carrying himself. It's not a full carrying. Therefore, it's not like what was done in the Mishkan. If it actually was done in the Mishkan, he would be liable. He's paskening that animals, even though they can lift themselves, not like Rabbi Nelson, who says even by animals who are hunkering down, there's an exemption. The Rabbanon hold that Behemoth Chayas Ophos do not have the exemption of Chaynoses Atmo because the derech that was done in the Mishkan was to carry them Bishle Musan. As a matter of fact, they were trying to act as dead weight, trying to escape those that were carrying them, and therefore that that is considered what was done in the Mishkan. Kilomer Machabdim Atmo Klapimato. They make themselves heavy to try and go down. They know him as Atma. They don't hold themselves up. They are like regular burdens. Right? Obviously, Rabbi Nelson will disagree with that. We saw it in Tosfos. According to Rabbi Nelson, they didn't do that. According to Rabbi Nelson, the live animals that were moved in the Mishkan carried themselves. They would just you know, slightly encourage them to move, but they wouldn't actually need to carry them. So according to Rabbi Nelson, the exemption is broader. More was not done in the Mishkan. The Gemi Shalom Shahayab Mishkan. Shainosim Elamam Adamim, Shaitrikh Malmachas Mishkan. Chain. It says, you could say even further that it was in the Mishkan. That they would carry these rams, that they would redden their skins. And they need, they, this was an act that was needed for Malachas Mishkan. 
v'chein tinuk. And similarly, a, a baby. She'ena yochol lidroch b'raglov, chayov v'malov. If the baby can't walk, there's liability for carrying him on Shabbos. V'chein chola. And similarly, somebody who's sick. V'chein kafos. Somebody who's bound. That's non-controversial. Dechol elu ein nosim asatzmo. All of them don't lift themselves up, don't share in the burden. And that's like every burden in the Mishkan. He suggests, perhaps even in the Mishkan, one could say there is to say that you had such cases, that you had noshim shetavo, women who are busy weaving, spinning in the Mishkan. This is, uh, what are you going to do with the baby? Bring the baby with you. Hayonosos also. Carry the baby. Let's say one of the people that is needed to do the weaving, very expert weaver. So if they're not well, they need to be brought in, carried in. There's no difference between being bound or being sick. Both are not bearing in the burden. And he says it could be that in the Mishkan he even had both those things. That's what the Aruch Shulchan says. So, let's see. The next Tosus is, is really busy with trying to understand, get into the debate between Rabbi Nasan and the Rabbanon. Aval Adam Chai Nosei a person who is alive bears himself. Tamo. Debereish notel. Later on in the Gemara, Daf Kuf Mem Alf Mebez. Mashma depligi nami ba'adam. Here, the Gemara says that the debate is limited to a per, to, to a behemachayv of to animals. That's where Rabbi Nosan exempts from liability, and the Rabbanon say there's there is liability chayev. But by Adam, they all are in agreement, carrying a person that's bearing their own weight, lifting themselves up, holding themselves up, that even the Rabbanon agree is exempt. But on Kufmam Alaf in the days, it sounds like they argue about that. What's the Gemara say over there? Says Amar Rava, Hotzi Tinok Chai, Vikis Tali Bitzavaro. Somebody takes out a baby with some pouch around his neck. Chayev Mishum Kis. He's liable for this pouch. Tinok Mace, Vikis Tali Lobitzavaro. If it's a dead baby and there's a pouch around his neck, Potter, he's exempt. That's that's a good question. the The pouch is not considered tafel to a baby. It's only considered tafel subservient to an adult. That that the kalim that he's he's got, that he's wearing, so to speak, are bottle tafel to him. They're they're subservient to him. But by the baby, it's not considered subservient to the baby. Why is he only liable for the pouch 
Let him be liable also for the baby. Says the Gemara, Rava Kribinosan Sfirle. Domachaino says Atzmo. The Gemara says, this is only according to Rabbi Nassim. So, Frechtai says, what do you mean? Argumar says, the Rabbanon agree. By a person. Adam, Chaino says, Hatzmo. So, why over there is it limiting and saying, Rava holds like Rabbi Nassim to say that there's an exemption on the baby, only liable for the pouch. Be'omer, Rashba, Dikaton ki adami. So he says, you know what? This baby is squirming away. It's like this uh, animal that doesn't want to be moved around. This baby doesn't want to be moved around. So therefore, the Rabbonan would say in that case, Chayev. Meaning, the fundamental difference between a person and an animal is zero. The real difference is, are they... Lifting themselves or not. And if they're lifting themselves, so then a person is exempt. But by a person who's hunkering down, trying to avoid being moved, so then the Rabbanon will say he's liable. Rava said across the board that he's exempt on the baby, even in this case. So therefore, Rava is saying that in accordance with Rabbi Nassan, who says hunkering down does not mitigate the p'tur of Chaynos is It could lift itself. It's not like what was done in the Mishkan. They didn't carry uh, such a burden in the Mishkan, according to Rabbi Nassim. Ach kashalam. Tosa says, okay, we, we dodged this bullet, but we have a difficulty <clears throat> later on Kufra Chesem Adalaf. Tanya. You can help an animal or of walk in a courtyard, which is a rabbinically prohibited area to carry. But one may not do that in a public thoroughfare. But a woman could help her toddler take baby steps in the public thoroughfare. Rashi explains over there, Lo, what's the problem? Why are you not allowed to do the same thing? Help the animal take the steps in the public thoroughfare. Why is that prohibited? We're concerned you might come to lift it. And if you lift it, so then that would be chayv. Therefore, they only permitted helping the animal take steps in a rabbinic public domain of a caramelis. It's chotzen. It's tomo kerebonon derbinosan, demechayve. Aval beno inami maivele ha'odom moderabonon dechainosas atzmo. But by the baby, it sounds like that we're talking about according to Shitas Rabbanon, by the baby, even if she would lift it up, there's not going to be a liability. Therefore, they did not say that there's a prohibition in the public thoroughfare, Doraisa, biblical Rishosarabim, they didn't make a decree saying that she can't, the mother can't help her baby take steps, her toddler take steps, because even if she comes to lift up the baby, it's not a chi of chatos. It's not the full liability, because chai no says atzmo.
So, according to the Rabbanon, we seem to have this differentiation, right, from Daf Kof Chavhes Mebeis. So, so how does this work? Why is it different? It sounds like there is a difference. Maybe, maybe the reason going back to the Gemara and Kuf Mem Aleph Mebeis that we said Rava, who held that the baby was exempt, is not talking about the baby squirming, but it's because it's a Tinek Ben Yomo. It's a day-old baby. So there's liability for the, the pouch around its neck and an exemption for carrying the baby because the baby is essentially kafus. No, I shouldn't say kafus, is like chole, rather. It's not bound, bound even Rabbi Nassim agrees to, but the baby is, is a newborn baby and is like a chole, which the Rabbanans say is, is, uh, is going to be liable for that, carrying, carrying that baby. And therefore, when Rava said he's exempt on that baby, it's because he holds like Rabbi Nassim. Rabbi Nassim says even a chola will be chayev by, by a person, by the animal. Right? Rabbi Nassim only agrees if it's bound. If it's actually bound, he will not say chayno says atzma. But with, other than that, he extends the principle so that's Tosus' uh, final suggestion. He says, maybe that's what's going on. Perhaps. Perhaps the, the difference uh, is there. There is a difference between animals and people, like we find that the, the rabbinic decree prohibiting the, the person from helping the animal walk in the public thoroughfare Yet there is no decree by the woman helping her baby walk in the public thoroughfare. And that's, that's not going to come to Chiyav Chatos, even according to Rabbanon. So, so yeah, that's, uh, that's Sosos' word, that, that by Ptinek Ben Yomo, the Rabbanon will be Machayev. But if the baby can walk, with the, with the baby steps, even if so the mother gets frustrated, the baby's not walking, but it could walk, there's not going to be a liability of chiv chatos. It's only when the baby can't lift itself up, even without being bound, that the Rabbanans say there's liable, and Rabbi Nassim says, no, that case will also be exempt. Only time will be liable is if it's bound, be it person or animal. That's how Tosos goes through. Okay. Let's let's take a a look the Shulchan Aruch. Shulchan Aruch Paskins. Aisha Mudadas Bena. A field Rishas Rabbim does pass like this Gemara that Tosos quoted. 
As long as she doesn't drag the child. As long as he's always putting his weight on one foot, so she's able to help him. That's how Shulchan Paskins. Right before that, he says about an animal, also let's help the behemachayva of. He says, kol behemachayva of, madadun osam bechotzev. You could help it walk in the courtyard, in the rabbinic Rishos Rabim on the Karmelis, not in Rishos Rabim, Doraisa. So he does does paskin this way. How does the Ramam paskin? Ramam is very hard to know. What does the Ramam hold? Ramam says, in Perakid Ches Halachat Zayin. Somebody takes out an animal, even though they're alive, he is liable. So this certainly sounds like Rabbanan. A person who's alive is not a burden. However, if that person was bound or sick, then the one who takes him out is liable. And he also paskins that a woman could help her child, his toddler, walk as long as he's able to take step by step. And he, he doesn't actually fear us. He doesn't speak out the last nekuda of the Mishnah. Take a look at Kufchav Ches Amabez. Rabbi Yehuda explains what this means. Ijam madada espana. Am Rabbi Yehuda, Amosai. Rabbi Yehuda is explaining Rabbana, not arguing. When is this true? Bizman shehu notel achas munich achas. Aval im hayagorer oser. If he would drag, if the boy, the baby is dragging, his toddler dragging his feet, then it's prohibited. And the Ramam in Pirish Mishnai says, the rule is, we pass him like Rabbi Yehuda when he's explaining the Chachamim, which is exactly what's going on over here. Amosai is explaining. Rashi says, Avalgorer Aser, Mipnei, Shenos Aser. Aser because she's carrying the child. The child is slinking down. You don't have the, the case, the, the full-fledged Chaino says Atmo. However, it's only Aser. It's not Chayev. Only Aser. Unlike an animal that's slinking down, where we say that according to Rabbanon, he's chayev for carrying that animal, by the person, by this toddler, the psak is only osa. It's only the Rabbanon. So we see that there is, it, it, it seems, la that we're saying that there is a fundamental difference. They're not the same. So this would definitely seem to, to be leaning towards the psak of the Rabbana, not Rabbi Nassim. Rabbi Nassim seems to equate Chaynosis Hasmo for animals and for people. And the Rabbana doesn't say Behedya, doesn't explicitly say that 
if the child drags his feet, that there is, uh, there is an iser. He doesn't say that. Presumably he would agree to that, but he doesn't say that. So that's, that is a, a question mark which we, we should consider. Why does he leave off this last bit? And Rebutus mentions it in the Mishnah. And perhaps it depends on the nature of the Sisadar Bonum. Right. But let, let's see, is, is, this, is this so poshit? Let, let's continue in the Ramam. Does the Ramam hold like Rabbi Nassim or like or like the Chacham the Rabbanah? Hamotzi tinok chai v'kis toli v'tzavaro chayev mishumakis. She'enakis tefele tinok. The other Gemara that was on Tosos, in Paskin is like that, one who takes a tinok that's alive and the, the pouch around his neck, he's liable for the pouch because the pouch is not tofel to the tinok. It's not, it's not considered subservient to the baby. But by an adult, he is wearing his, his uh, vessels and his rings on his hand. Potter. The person who carries the adult is exempt. It's all subservient to the person and he's exempt on the person. However, if it's something that the person is carrying, not because it's tough to the person, but the person is carrying, if, if he's Caleb Mekupolim al Sefo, no se also chayev. So if you're carrying somebody who's carrying something, then you would be chayev, but not if it's tofel to the person, because there's a patur for carrying the person. So there, if you recall, the Gemara says that Rava holds like Rabbi Nasa. Right? As the Gemara said over there. Omar Rava, he's the one who says this case, and the Gemara says he agrees with Rabbi Nelson. So that would somewhat indicate Rava Rabbi Nelson's fear lay. Domer Chaino says Atzmo. So does the Ramam hold like Rabbi Nelson? Does the Ramam hold like Rabbi Nelson or the Rabbana? Which way is it? Okay. Not, not so partial. Not so partial at all. Let's take a look back to the other din. What does he say about the prohibition of selling the animal? Right? We saw Rabbi Yochanan says that the prohibition of selling the large animals according to Ben Becerra does not include horses. And Ben Becerra agrees with Rabbi Nassim. Right? So let's see if we can piece together what the Ramam holds over there. What does he say about that? The Ramam says, Also Yisrael, starting in Gimel, Also Yisrael, Lahashil o lahaskir, It's prohibited for a Jew to lend or rent his large animal to a non-Jew. He's got to make sure his animal rests on Shabbos. So therefore, he's not allowed to do it. 
The sages are afraid he's going to lend a rent out. So they said, don't even sell it to him. You can't even sell it to him. You want to sell your, your cow? Don't sell it to the guy. Because he may come, if he's selling it, to rent it or to lend it. Say, so yeah, you want to give it a test try? Try it for the week. If he's willing to sell it. And it, it's going to lead, if he's able to sell it, it's leading to renting and lending, which is going to be the problem. The animal's going to be working on Shabbos, his animal. And if he did it, the Rabbanon said that he has to pay up to 10 times his value to get it back. And he's not allowed to sell even a broken animal. We saw in the Mishnah, in Avodazara, in Dalai Mabez, that that's a machlokis. Paskins like the, the shita that's also does not make a difference. However, it is permitted to sell through a third party. He just engages in selling. He doesn't have uh, a start off with uh, giving a test test drive of uh, letting him use it for a week or something like that. He's he's just in the business of making sales, and it's not going to lead to renting or lending, so that's permitted. It's permitted to sell to the non-Jews a horse. The whole usage of the, of the horse is for a person to ride. People don't use horses to carry their burdens. And a person carries himself. So, it sounds at the face of it like he's passing in Ben Becerra, which Rabbi Yochanan says holds like Rabbi Nasan. And then that would mean the Ramam's passing like Rabbi Nasan. But again, we have the problem. He says, Chayev for carrying the behema. He doesn't give any exceptions. Doesn't sound like Rabbi Nasan on that Nikuda. How does the Ramam Paskin? You can push and pull. How does the Ramam Paskin? So it's, it's actually a machlokis how the Ramam Paskins. Take a look in Avadazara. Here's Avadazara. Here's Avadazara. Here. The Rashash, Daftazayin Amaralaf says, Rama Pirshkan, the Psachim, a second, quotes the Rambam, She'en Olacha Keben Becerra, Vechein Bechiburo, Lo Hite Elisusa Omid Rechivas Odom, Demode Berabana. Rashash says, don't, don't be fooled, don't think that the Rambam holds like Ben Becerra, even though he permits a horse. He only permits a horse that is omid for Rechiva Sodom. But a horse that the person wants to, to buy it to use for his falconry, for the animal to sit perched on the back of the horse, that the Rabbanon will disagree with. And the Ramam of Haskin like the Rabbanon. That which he says is permitted for a horse. He tells you the reason. And that reason does not extend to the animal. So he says it's not like Ben Becerra. Because Rabbi Yohanan says Ben Becerra actually holds like Rabbi Nassim. 
Who would permit that? And he says, He quotes the Vilna Gaon. He claims that the Gra holds like Rabbi Nassim. So he's shocked and dismayed that the Vilna Gaon understands the Rambam as yes, paskening like Rabbi Nassim. That Chaynosis Asmo actually does apply to animals. Shocking. Yes, even Rabbi Nassim agrees that bound is, is liable, but he's not happy about that at all. And he says, Mogan doesn't agree with that. Mogan there does not agree with that. Pretty clear. Mogan holds that, that the, the psak, let's see the Mogan Avram here. On this halacha that we said, the woman's allowed to help her toddler walk step by step, even in a public thoroughfare. Okay, which is potter. Says the Machsas Ashekel in Sivkatim Samach Zayim. Person is different. The animals, they slink down. So therefore, the, there's a chiyuv. Person does not slink down. There's no chiyuv. Based on the, the standard, unless it's kafos, then everybody agrees. If it's bound, then 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 that's not controversial. So so that's the way he's explaining the Mogen Avram. Okay, he says right. Not like this, uh, this gra that the Ram is passing like Rabbi Nassim. Right, huge nafkamina. If, if you say that the gra is passing, that the Ram is passing like Rabbi Nassim, so then you could even sell the horse to this uh, falconer. And presumably, if you hold like Rabbi Nassim, you're going to have to push on the Ram. And the Ram says there's a liability for an animal. He just is speaking about this standard case. In contrast to an Adam that's not a Masli, that's only on the default. But if you have an animal, let's say somebody's got their, their pet monkey and it it's, uh, wants to ride on his back, it's, it's holding onto him, it's lashed onto him. So that's for sure. According to Rabbanon, the Pashtus, it's too bad since the default of an animal is to slink away, so it's still liable. Only by a person where the derech, at least a person that's more independent and can move, the derech is to lift themselves up. That's where we say there's a p'tur, when that's actually uh, possible to be going on. But if you say he's passing like Rabbi Nelson, he's just telling you the standard. But in a chanami, according to, if the Gura is saying, how 
perhaps how we're passing it uh, is in accordance with Rabinosan. So then you'll have much more leniency in Chaynosas Atzma. Even to even to include animals. The Chochmah Shlomo asks an interesting kasha, Shaila. Nishalti imut elisa cotton, she any yocholilic braglav, lamarkitish bishabas, the mokum de leka eruv. I was asked a question. Somebody has a child, they're in a place that does not have an eruv. He said, Is it permitted for me to take this child, to carry the child, in order to say kiddish? There's no Arab here. Mozer or us. Why can't you say Kiddush at home? He doesn't have. Doesn't have wine, let's say. Uh-huh. But he can't walk or he can't? That's a good question. What exactly is the Shiloh? It sounds like the baby cannot walk. That's what it sounds like. In a near Lafina's deity, Kedasa Shoel Shemote. He says he thinks that the person's asking believes that it's permitted. Achlo mitamo. But not for his reasoning. Kivan dinisis tinok havimelocha doraisa, mabekach tahavi karmelis. He says carrying the baby is a biblical violation. So who cares that he's in a karmelis? He's considering himself to be only in a shusaravi midirabana. So that's why he wants to be lenient. But who cares? Harei havi rakshvus echod, ve'aser af b'makom mitzvah. He says, if it would be Benishmashas, fine. That would be permitted, because there's no Isr Shvus of Benishmashas, but there is only one Shvus here. He says the Shvus is Karmel, it's carrying in a rabbinically prohibited public thoroughfare through the, the courtyard. Right? It's, a, it's a rabbinic prohibition, it's alleyway, something like that. So, right by Tosos, a very large idea of what's called a Carmelis. So he's saying that's the, the Svara of the Shoel, but he says it doesn't matter. You only can be Mater, Benishmashas, with that. But on Shabbos itself, not during the twilight, it needs to be Shvus to Shvus, a double Durabana, in order to be permitted, Bimoko Mitzvah of, let's say, saying Kiddush. So, why is he permitting it? Not like the Shoal who thinks that it's mutter to do shvus for mitzvah, because that's not true. You need shvus to shvus. He uh, says, Rak mitam acher nearly lahatir. I think it's permitted for a different reason. Kivan de hotzazu havirak lomar kiddish. Why is he taking this baby with him? Because he wants to say kiddish. Havimacha shem tzrich lagufa. He doesn't need the baby. He doesn't, he just can't leave the baby at home. So he's got to take the baby with him in order to make Kiddush. So he says, that's malacha shenetrich lagufa. That's not for its use itself. He doesn't need the baby. He's not carrying the baby for the baby. And he's not carrying the baby for himself to use the baby. He just doesn't, can't leave the baby at home. Most poskim, as we mentioned before, except the Rambam, paskin like Rabbi Shimon, not like Rabbi Yehuda. And Melachav Shein Etzrich Gufa is treated as Dera And therefore, taking out this baby 
in order to make Kiddush. Mm-hmm. He's saying, it's not taking the baby to the park. It's taking the baby to make Kiddush. It's not, and the baby is not, it's, it's not going to be shaykh to chinuch. It doesn't matter for the baby. It's just for you. Because you can't leave the baby to his own devices at home. So that's shvus to shvus b'makom mitzvah. L'kach shuv b'karmelis shvus to shvus v'zeh shayb b'motor b'makom mitzvah v'zeh borer u'poshut l'okhetiv. Clear, straightforward. He's happy with that. That's the uh, Shlomo Kluger right over here. Same Yeah. Is it mutter l'chatchilo to carry people, or is it that it's not? Meaning, is this a Jerobana? You say Nachayv, meaning what? That it would be Asim and Yeah. That is an excellent, excellent question. That we, we touched on that question a little bit before. The Rambam does quote this halacha, that the mother is allowed to help her child walk. And he doesn't quote the last part of the Mishnah, where Buda explains that to drag the child is Asim. And we're talking about a child, presumably, that can walk. And still, dragging the child is usr. So that's, that's what the Mishnah says. The question is... Is it motor l'chatzkilo? To do what? To just carry him without him walking. If he's able to. So that, that is a great question, which is not clear from the Ram. The Ram doesn't speak at the Isser. Rabbi Yehuda speaks at the Isser. Shulchan Aruch speak speaks out this Isser. Shulchan Aruch says it's Asr. Rashi says there's an Isser. It's Isser Jarbanan. Whenever it says Asr, it means Asr, but it's Potter. It's not a Chiyuchatos. It's not Doraisa. But it is Asr. The Jarbanan. What is the nature of this Isser? That, that is an excellent question, which we don't really know from the Rambam, because he doesn't tell us that it's Asr. Why would he leave it off? So it's quite a mystery. He, does, he says he passes Rabbi Yehuda. So we could suggest one of two possibilities. We could suggest that the Rambam holds that it's Asr Medirabanan. I mean, that's the straightforward interpretation, but the question is still, the question is burning. Why didn't he say so? If there's a rabbinic d- decree that you can't drag the child that can walk, you should tell me. Okay, so you pass Rabbi Yehuda. However, you could learn it in a different way. Could learn not like Rashi. It's not that there's an Isser Jarabanan per se to carry a child that's dragging his feet. No. There's this unique Isser over here. We're talking about a child that can barely take step by step with help. That's what we're talking about. And when the, when the child is so tuckered out that he's dragging his feet and he's not willing to lift himself a, a, an inch, it could be that that is a suffix of Chole or Kafos. And that's Chayev. So what is the Asr of Rabbi Yehuda, according to the Rambam? Perhaps it's just a straight old Suffolk Doraisa. A simple question. We're not sure. Because the child anyway has such little, little strength. So maybe when the child is just giving up, he actually can't. And if he can't, then you're back to an Isotero. Because if he can't, so then you're carrying him if he's, if he's kafus or chole. So that's chayef, liable for carrying such a, such a person. An adult also, if he's kafus or chole. Ramam says chayef. 
So that would, that would help explain why it doesn't mention the last Nakuda that it's Aser. It's not a separate Iser. It's just Aser. When you have a Suffolk, maybe you can't. But what if you know the child can? And the child is just having a tantrum. Doesn't want to keep walking. So then, Rashi will say, too bad you can't carry the child. Iser Darabonon cannot drag the child. According to the Rambam, L'chera, it would be Motiv. L'chera, there's no separate Iser. That's why he doesn't mention it. It's only Aser in as much as you have a Suffolk if he's Kafas or Chole. Maybe he's like a Chole if he can't do it. But when you know he can, then there's no Iser. They weren't goes or anything. That's why he doesn't mention an Iser. Any case we have a Suffolk Iser Daraisa, it's Aser. Not only here. He doesn't mention it here because it's not a unique din over here. Whenever you have a Suffolk Iser Tara, so you're not allowed to do it. So only in that case, I would suggest, is where the Ramam would interpret that there is an Iser. And that's why he doesn't mention it. Lukhar. Lukhar. So, according to the Chachma Shlomo, he's saying this is called taking this child to go make Kiddush, even though you're carrying the child. He says it's only in Iser Jerobana. Only in Karmas. No. In Karmas, correct. Correct. He's saying, Shvus to Shvus v'maka mitzvah. He's saying, you do not need the child over there. You just need the, to get yourself over to, to uh, make Kiddush. Now, who is going to argue with this? Who's going to yell, no, that's not true? You remember? We saw earlier the Aruch HaSholchan. Aruch HaSholchan is going to say, no way. Right? He says, it's Melech in because you don't need the child there. Right? But the Aruch HaShulchan says, V'gam b'mishkan yesh lomar shehayu shekein hanoshim shetavo im hayu lehem tinuk hayu nosos osa. And the, the baby is not helping with the weaving. The, she just can't leave the baby at home. So she carries the baby with her to go and do her, her, her weaving. And yet, the Aruch HaShulchan says, this is what they did in the Mishkan. He says, yesh lomar. You could say this. Okay, so that's not Malachah Shinitz Rechel Gufa. That's the Malachah that was done in the Mishkan, carrying the Tinuk. Even though you don't need the Tinuk. Right, you just need to be there, and you've got a Tinuk, so you're carrying the Tinuk with you. Still, he says, that's Chayev. That's not called Malachah Shinitz Rechel Gufa. They did that in the Mishkan. That's included in the different burdens that they carried in the Mishkan. According to Archa Shulchan, Chayev. It's not Malachah Shinitz Rechel Gufa. It's a regular Malachah like it was done in the Mishkan. According to Aruch HaShulchan, he will disagree with this Rav Shlomo Kluger and say you still only have one Isser Darabon of Karmelis. It's not Kam Lachashen Tzrich L'Gufa, according to him. Tati, is there an opinion that Lachashen Tzrich L'Gufa is the Raisa? Yes, Rabbi Yehuda and the Ramah pass him that way. So then it wouldn't be Shus the Shus, according to the Ramah. That is correct, for sure, for sure. <clears throat> according to the Rif, Ran, all are shown basically except for the Ramah, and how we paskin, the, the tour, I'm saying, everybody paskins like that, paskin like Rabbi Shimon. But it's treated as the most chamadik iser because the Ramam holds, like Rabbi Yudam, it's an iser Torah. So yeah, so that's Machlokas. Uh, <clears throat> now, Lachera, in, ter- in terms of how to paskin, you know, if you hold like the Aruch Shulchan, okay, Right. In the corner of the Rambam, he agrees. He himself says, Rishlom Kluger himself says, Rova Poskim Havi Derabanam. 
And that's, that's the general consensus, la halacha. But, Baruch HaShogun says, yesh lama. Possible. He's throwing out a possibility. He doesn't know. Could be, and Allah divinity is. That, that was what they did in the Mishkan? Maybe. Maybe. He himself says maybe. So he's Mesupic. Maybe yes. Okay? So, that's, uh, I love the Haviraya. I love the Haviraya, that that's, that's called Machatrich Lagufa. Normally, you need to be Motsi, Letzarech, that thing. So, so that's the, the, either to use it or for it itself. See in the Hemshech Gemara. So, Lachara, Pashas is like Rishon Makugar over here, that that is, would be called Machashin Etrich Lagufa. Although, as I said, the Arach is understanding Yeish Lama not that way. Yeah. So that's the Avon and Kiddush is the Arisa? No. Well, Kiddush is a mitzvah. Okay, so. It doesn't need to be the Arisa in order to be matted by Shos to Shos Mok Mitzvah. A double Durabonam in a case of mitzvah. So it, it, it could be the Arisa if he didn't make Kiddush before, but it doesn't, uh, doesn't need to be mitzvah the Arisa in order to be Shos to Shos Mok Mitzvah. Right, so let's see, continuing in the Gemara. Esames b'mito chay, v'chen kezayis v'names chulo. Hemshech al-Mishnah, Amar Rabo, v'abar Chano, Amar Rabi Yochanan, v'amar Rabi Yosef, v'amar Rabi Shimon ben Lokish, poter, hayar Rabi Shimon, af v'mos yasames l'kovro. Rabi Shimon says, Forget about these small shiurim, which they have the Ramah Paskins, like Rabbi Huda, but according to Rabbi Shimon, even taking out the dead to bury him is exempt. Even for the dead, it's exempt. Rabbi says, Rabbi Shimon does agree if somebody's taking out uh, a tool, like a, a spade, to, to use to, to uh, or a hoe to make furrows in the ground, or a sevetar to read in the sevetar, that he is liable. That's called Tzrich Lagufa. Pshita, obviously that's Chayv. If you wouldn't say that, so how would you ever have Malachashin Tzrich Lagufa? He's taking out the Sefer Torah to read. What more do you want from the guy? How, how can he be Chayv? What more does he need? What's the Havamina? Why is Rava saying anything? It's obvious. I would have thought that Rabbi Shimon requires more. That it has to be both for the person who's taking it out and for the purpose of the object being taken out. Both are benefiting from the Hotsa. So, so if he's taking it out, taking out this hoe or spade to sharpen the edge, to, to fix the, the implement, and taking out the Sefer Torah to fix the, the lettering and to be curry, so it's for the purpose of the Sefer Torah itself being upgraded, as well as to use it. I would have thought you need both for Malacha Trich Lagufa, according to Rabbi Shimon. Kamash Malon, no. What is Rabbi coming to tell you? 
that even if he's just using it for himself, not for the object, it's still called Melacha Tricha Lagufa, according to Rabbi Shimon. Ahu Shchovo, Dahavo Bedarokeres. There's a mace, a nifter, a corpse. Sharav Nachem Bar Yitzchak Laafuke Lakamlis. Rav Nachem Bar Yitzchak permitted taking it out into a rabbinically prohibited thoroughfare. Amla Rabbi Yochanan, Ahud Mar Bere de Ravno, the Rav Nachem Bar Yitzchak, Keman Kirbi Shimon. This he permitted like Rabbi Shimon. Say that Rabbi Shimon exempts him from liability of a chatos, but is rabbinically prohibited. Even according to Rabbi Yehuda, this is permitted. I didn't. Uh, I said I'm talking, taking it into a karmelis. So taking it into a karmelis is always only derabanan. Rabbi Yehuda would also agree. So what is he saying? Godol That why is it permitted, according to everybody, there's only a rabbinic decree? It's permitted because Godol Kovrabrias. What does it mean? Great is the dignity of man. Which losa say? Rashi says, Deishome, uh, one second, no. Losa say, Lav de losasa kiacha. The rabbinic, the, the authority of the Rabbanon is given by the Torah, the authority to legislate rabbinic decrees. And therefore, that is where Kavad Abriyach is dochen. That losaseh of violating a derabana, Because the Torah gives them that authority, but not in the face of Kavad They can't do- legislate against Kavad Abriyach. Tznan Hosam. Hatolish Simone Tumo Vikua Mechio over below Sase. Start over there that somebody uproots the indications of impurity from uh, Tsoraas, it's a quarantine illness. Rashi says, Simone Tumo, Ste Saris Levonos, two white hairs, Shebeba Harris, Metamabehen. That there's tuma in them. Vehu as a mechia, mechias basar chai, vu simen tuma, this skin that seems like it's burned, uh, and it's, if he, if he takes off this, this uh, skin lesion, so it would, uh, it would be an indication of purity, he's taking away the simen of, of tuma. Over below, so say, is in violation of a biblical, a biblical prohibition. Rashi says, which one? Over oh, those that say, Be careful. Guard the negasaras, the, the affliction. Can't remove it. Yeah, Chaim Soloveitchik supposedly would be careful not to, uh, to remove a uh, blemish of uh, a pimple. Because maybe it's negasaras. Suffolk. He held it was a suffix. Itma achas mishtaim chayv. Said, one out of two, he's liable. Achas mishalosh. Rav Nachman Omar chayv. Rav Sheshus Omar Potter. One out of two, so he's taken away the sign of impurity. That is for sure liable to lashes. But taking away one out of three, you still have two hairs there, are enough to be a symbol 
a simon of impurity, is he liable or not? This is a debate. So you got three white hairs there. You only need two to have it declared impure. If you removed one, is he liable or not? So Rav Nachman says, yes, he's liable. Rav Shesha says, no, he is not. Rav Nachman Rachayev, Ahani Maisov, says, no, it helped. Di'i, Mishtaklo, Chad, Achriti, Azolatumo. If he takes away one more hair, so then he's removing the simen, the, 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 the situation that would bring upon him Tuma. He's physically removed that, and therefore he's taking away one hair has already helped him towards that goal in a significant manner. He's halfway there to undoing the, the Tuma or preventing the Tuma from being declared, and he is, he is liable. So... Rav Sheshis says, no, he's exempt. says, right now, he still has a full simon tuma. The fact that he could take another hair away and it's moving towards that goal is not enough to make him liable. Rav Sheshis, where do I get this from? There's a, there's taught that Similarly, Kezayas, an olive volume from the dead, or from an animal that was killed without Shechita, he is Chayev, for Armishnot, Hotza, for transporting it. But Chatizayas Potter. Takes half of Kezayas, he's exempt. Vatanya, Chatizayas Chayev. But we have another Brisa that says half of an olive volume is liable to Stira. My love, is it not that the case where the Brysa says he's liable for taking out the half of an olive's volume? What's the case? He's taken out half a kezayis from a kezayis. So he has achieved something. In the house is one kezayis. By taking out half a kezayis, he's getting rid of Tumas Mace from the house. So he has achieved something. Potter and that which is taught in the Mishnah that he's exempt, it's when he takes out half a kezayis from a kezayis and a half. So he hasn't changed the status in the house, and he's not moving out a significant amount of tumah. He's not achieving anything with that. So that's, that is how Rav Sheshis learns the Yishuv of the Stira to, to resolve the conflict between these two teachings. Rav Nachman, who disagrees, Rav Nachman says that cutting one hair is liable to lashes, even though there still are two hairs left as an indication of the impurity of Tzoraz. What is he going to do to resolve the stira? Where is he exempt? What's the case of the Mishnah? When he takes half a gazayas out of a large corpse. So he's not achieved anything. Even though uh, taking... One out of three hairs, he says, you're, you're halfway there to your goal of, of reducing the Simone Tumo, that he says liable. But one half Kezayis out of a, a huge corpse, he says, is not a significant achievement on a relative basis. It's not nowhere near half. I don't know exactly how much he considers significant. You know, maybe it's, maybe, maybe it's uh, less than a Chomish, maybe less than a fifth. I don't know. It's, how many Kezayisim of Mace are there till he says it's like a mace godel, unclear from Rav Nachman. I'll go upon him.
You know, anyway, Rav Nachman's not in a hot spot. Don't, don't feel bad about this teretz of taking a chatzizayz from a maize gadol. He could have just said, the case where you're exempt is where all that was in the house was half a kezayis of a maize. So there's no significance there. That's a bigger chiddush, so he said that, but he really could have said that even, he could have said less. He didn't want to say less, that's more obvious. If he takes out a full zayis from a large corpse, he will be chayev. Why? He says if he, he, he does actually have a gain if you have a mace and he takes out the olives volume of that corpse, transports it outside. He has accomplished something. Why? He says, Now that it's been severed, before he's transporting it, obviously it's severed from the, the corpse. So now it's not considered part of the corpse. And even if you take out the whole corpse from the house and just leave in this gazayas, the house will remain in a status of Tumas Ohel. It will impart impurity to anything in this, under that roof. So now that it's not considered part of the mace, it still is chashuv because it's gurim taro that even in a case where you take out the, the full corpse minus this kezayis, if you didn't take out this kezayis, you're still left with tuma of tumasol. That's memez gadol. Tosfos says lab dafka gadol el kloma mebezesimo gemol. Says ah, it doesn't have to be so much. It's, he's exaggerating. It's just making it sound dramatic. Could be even from two or three zesim. Half a zayis from two or three zesim, uh, or or um, one kezayis from two or three kezayim. That's uh, no. He's saying sorry. Chatzis from meis gadol. So he's saying chatzis from two or three. So what's that a ratio of? You know, one out of. Half a zayis out of two would be, uh, you know, twenty-five percent, and out of out of three is uh, is going to be less than that. But he's 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 not saying that it has to be, you know, a, a tiny minuscule amount. But once it gets to, you know, a quarter, he's saying that already is is considered significant. It doesn't have to be half. That's what we we only saw half from the, the hairs. Tulsa says even half a zayis out of two or three is enough. To be considered significant, according to Rabbi Nachman, to Rav Nachman. Mishnah: Somebody takes his his fingernails. So one with the other, or uses his teeth to cut off his fingernail. Similarly, if he removes his hair. If he removes his his uh, mustache, and his, his beard as well, all these things done with his, his teeth or hand or nail. The Syrah Rashi says, 
somebody makes a, a braid or makes a uh, puts on some uh, eyeshadow or something, some blue makeup. Chain haposekes. Rashi says posekes is a bit obscure. Yeshem rabosai omrim if she, woman, uh, combs her hair, she puts on some type of uh, dough-like substance on her face. When she removes it, she has redder cheeks. That's also, the, in, in line with all these cases, Rebbe says that this is chiv, totally liable on Shabbos. Bechachamim osrim, mishum shvutz. Rabbanan say it's not chayv, but it's also mid Rabbanan. All these cases. Rashi, Rabbi Yezer mechayv bikulam chatos. Bechachamim osrim mishum shvutz. The time of Rabbi Yezer mefarish bigmar mishum may mechayv. Gemara is going to go through all these cases. Why does Rabbi Yezer say that there's liability doraisa for all these cases? Am Rabbi Yezer machlokes biyad av bekli. The Bach adds in The whole discussion of the Mishnah, the debate, is if it was done biyad, done by hand. But if it was done with a vessel, if somebody cut the hairs or did all these things, cut the nails with a nail clipper with a vessel, that's for sure chayv. Pshita, isn't that obvious? Zubazut not. The Mishnah says taking off the fingernail with the other fingernail. So that means not with a not with a vessel. What would I have thought if I didn't tell you that with a kli, everybody says chayev. Rabbanon b'kli nami patri. I would have thought maybe the Rabbanon also patri b'kli. V'hadiktani zu b'zu lo diach ha-kochot Only to tell you the extent, how far Rabbi Yezir goes to make liable. So therefore, kamash malon, that it's, it was told explicitly that the machlokis is only biyad, but everybody agrees, including Rabbanon, that if it was removed uh, with the vessel, uh, scissors or a nail clipper, whatever it may be, that that is liable. Uh, everybody agrees to that. Rabbi Elazar says, being medayik in the Mishnah, the debate is only if he does it for himself, but if he does it for his friend, everybody agrees that he's exempt. Meaning, even Rabbi Eliezer, who's machayv in the Mishnah, would agree. Pshita, Gemara asks, what does Rabbi Elazar need to teach me this for? Tzibarnov Tanan. It says his nails. So we know it's talking about doing this for himself, not doing this for his friend. What was the half mina that I would have thought? I would have thought, he says there's a liability even if he does this for his friend. And why did the Mishnah say his own nails? So I would have thought that that's to teach you how far the rabbis go in saying that he's exempt, Kamash Malon comes to teach you, you know, that the only d- debate is if he's doing it for himself, but if he's doing it for his friend, everybody says that he's exempt. See Rashi. What is the difference? The more machlokus be yad, God not on the yadov lo bekli who de patra bonon shein derech gezizob kach bechol. It's called a shinui. It's not the normal way to cut your hair or fingernails with your nails or with, with your teeth. I would have thought, according to the Rabbanon, that even with a kli, 
cutting with the kli would be exempt. It's not shaykh goze, it's other than with a behema to cut off the shear of the wool. Kamash no, that is shaykh. Right, that, that you even have, according to Rabbanam, the malacha, when you don't want the product of what you're shearing, you don't want the hair, you don't want the nail, still it's chai. Right, that you have like that in the Mishkan, that they, someone in Farsh would say that by tachash, that they want to expose the skin, so they cut off the hair. Because the skin was really the prized part of this unique animal. So removing the hair, not for the hair's sake, but for the skin's sake. So that's that's also chai. Machlokes le'atmo, b'ahu dimechayv rebeliezer, sheyochol le'amen yodo le'atmo, v'takno belokli. When a person is removing their own hair or their own nail, so they can be very precise. When they're doing it for their friend, without a vessel, it's very hard to be precise. You're working for your friend, you need a vessel. It's hard to do it without a kli, to get it right. So that's a shinui. Mishnah is talking about by itself. So that's that's the Kamash Malon that everybody agrees. Chavero is, is going to be potter. It's taught that if somebody takes within the scissors a full amount, he's liable. How much is it? does it take to fill the scissors for cutting hair? Two hairs. It's not a haircut, it's hairs being cut. It's lots. Two hairs. So there seems to be a debate. Where does everybody agree if the hair being removed is white from among black hairs? So even one is enough to be liable. And this is prohibited even during the week. Says that's also us during the week. It's a feminine activity, removing white hairs. But it's not uh, it's, if if, and therefore it's it's uh, besides the Shabbos issue. It's, it's also all week long. But on Shabbos it'll be chayev, because that's called a tikkun. It's, it's making the rest of the hairs be even. Whereas if the hairs are all the same color. So cutting two hairs is making those hairs even. So it's a tikkun. Just need to be a tikkun over here. Tanya, Rabbi Shimon ben Elazar Omer. Oh, Agav, this idea of lo yilvash gever simos isha, we find in many places that it's totally in the culture. So like the Rashba has a tshuva, that in, in Spain they're wearing colorful clothing, to, so it's not begad uh, isha for the man to be wearing a pink shirt, for example. And that's, that's what they do. So if in today's society, uh, men would uh, be malakit, or dye their hair, so then that wouldn't presumably be included in the Isser. It depends on the cultural uh, norms, what's called the malbush that... Uh, so, you know, some, some men don't, don't put on lipstick, so that'll be the Isser today. There's something that's, that is clearly a feminine activity. Tanya, Rabbi Shimon ben Elazar Omer, Siperen Shapirish Rubo, Vitzitzin Shapirish Rubon, Biyad Mutter, Bakli Chayev. If a Bryce that says, that Rabbi Shimon says, a fingernail, a hangnail, most of the nail is removed, 
And on Shabbos, he's got a little bit left attached to his nail. Vitzitzim Shapir Shurubon, and some side skin on his finger that is removed. Most of it. So, he's allowed to take it off with his hand. And if he takes it off with uh, a clipper, or some, some vessel, he's chayv chatos. Is there such a thing that you have such a wide gap that if he does it with his hand, it should be totally permitted? If he does it with a vessel, totally chayv? What's the way to understand it? If most of the nail or skin had been separated from the nail or skin, respectively, then it's permitted. If he does it with a vessel, he's exempt, meaning it's rabbinically prohibited. Here, if only a smaller amount, a minority, detached, and most of it is still attached, whether it be the nail or the skin, then, if he did it by hand, he's exempt. If he did it with a vessel, he is liable to a sin offering. Amar says we passing like that. He qualifies. When is this true that we pass like this? That's when the skin or the nail separated towards up, which is obscure. What does it mean towards up? And it bothers him. So the Machlokas Rashi and Tosus, what it means is going towards the edge of his fingers, meaning lamala means down, or lamala when he lifts up his hands. It means up when he's lifting up his hands. Rabbeinu Tam Pirish Klapi Guf. He says mala means going up towards the body, the exact opposite part of the hand or finger. So we qualified the heter to remove it by hand with a location, whether it's by the tip of the finger or closer to the, the nail bed. In his Machlokas, Rashi and Tosfus, Rabbeinu Tam. So, what does Shulchan Aruch say? Shulchan Aruch says we paskin this way, but because we don't know how to paskin, either like Rashi or Rabbeinu Tam, we have to be choshish for both shitos. That's what Shulchan Aruch says. So, although it's true, but you're kind of left with that much to do. That's the, uh, the psak of Shulchan Aruch. The Aruch Shulchan says... He quotes this in Simon Shin Chavches Sif Mem Aleph. And he explains what does it mean. When the Gemara says, we're qualifying the heter, that it's clapping mala, umitsaros oso, it's going up and it bothers him. It's not a, a requirement in, in floating in the air, it must be up. The Orch Shulchan explains. He says, what is the, the point? What does it make a difference? He says as follows. If it's the opposite, it's not that much tsar. Meaning, the significance of mala or mata is a degree of discomfort. There is a rabbinic prohibition, but there's no rabbinic prohibition when he's in great discomfort. What's called great discomfort? Rashi and Rabbeinu are arguing where this mostly detached piece of flesh or, or uh, nail is. But 
where it's Tsar Godol, they will agree. It's just a matter of what is the, the default of Tsar Godol. Is it cl closer to the tip of the nail or closer to the nail bed? So, so that's what uh, the Archon says. Can't do anything. Just wrap your finger up. Wait till the night. That's what Archon Shulchan says. Like Shulchan Aruch. You have to be choshesh for both Rashi and Tosos. However, if for some reason a person has an inordinate amount of discomfort from it, both Rashi and Rabbeinu Talmud agree. Mala is not some chok. Mala is just an indication of what the umdan is, how much tsar he's in. So therefore, if he's in an inordinate amount of pain, then he could. He doesn't have to wrap it up and wait till night. He could remove it without a vessel, with his teeth or with his finger. He would be allowed to remove it uh, because there's no gzera but tsar gadol. No logos remokum tsar. So... That's uh, a little bit of a cooler. The